At the end of Colossians 1, Paul spends a lot of time talking about embracing the gospel of Christ. And in the passage we have today, we look at the good news, that the, what the gospel does for us, and it gives us the hope to endure suffering for Christ. That's the second part of this message. I hope you enjoy it. This is Thank You for Listening to Voices Along the Way. I'm Gene Brooks. Christ. Second thing here is that by grace we become Christ's friends. You're reconciled. It's a strong word here. It means that he transforms you from enemy to friend. And the structure here is, is more than just present time. It says that it's a condition that now since you've been reconciled, you're the fleshly, earthly, human body of Christ did this. It was his blood it was, it was not some idea that the spiritual's up here and the natural's down here and no, nothing's going to con- come in between. No, it was Christ's bloody, beaten body that reconciled us to Christ. And he said it was to present you holy. You are reconciled for a purpose in the future. The idea is that this has not yet been achieved, but it's a future that will be fulfilled. It, you, you, he says to will present you holy. Look at that word holy. The two, there are two negatives to define holy. He says it will be without blemish and without blame. Without blame. We are holy before him in his sight. The verdict has been given. And the verdict is we have been made holy through Christ's reconciliation if we're in Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, Christianity is not a get out of hell free card. It's a call to a future. That's why it's so tragic when someone will make a commitment, walk down an aisle, get baptized, walk out the back door, you never see them again. Something is desperately deformed in that kind of religion. If Christ means enough for you to go to the trouble, to go through religious motions of a public profession of faith and baptism and there's no fruit afterwards, there's a real question as to whether you've really been born again. Or who forced you to do this? Was it your pa that told you it's time for you to be saved? When God presents you as holy, it is a future for you and for you to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so this discussion also calls into accountability the leadership of the church. Conversion is not the end. When you come to Christ, it's the beginning. You can't pat the person on the back and say, Oh, great, you're a Christian, now go. They they don't know how to go. They don't know how to be a Christian. Each Christian's responsibility is to have someone under their arm, teaching them what they know about the Lord, teaching them how to pray, training them in Bible study. The problem is, (laughs) the problem is that Many of us who claim to be disciples aren't actually walking him, with him in such a way that, that we would feel comfortable trying to disciple another believer. It's time to get serious about making disciples. And then, the th- then verse 23 tells us, For the gospel, we are Christ's servants. He says, If indeed, or provided that, you continue in your faith. Now, he says this in such a way that it's an actual condition. He's confident in these people 
He says, I'm confident that you will continue in your faith. It expresses an active persistence rather than just passively sitting and say, oh, you're going to continue your faith. So no, you're actively continuing in your faith. Uh, I'm assuming that you will have an active persistence in your faith, Paul's saying in verse 23. And so established and firm, he says, you're going to lay a foundation that's not going to be changed. It's going to be strong, not abandoned. And he says this gospel has been preached in the whole creation. That doesn't mean that the gospel has been preached to every single human being. But throughout the whole world, to the cosmos, in the spirit world, God Christ has preached the gospel through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's put all of our enemies in the spirit on notice that we represent another kingdom, a kingdom that will take them over, will overthrow them, will crush them. Psalm 2 tells us one day he will sit on the throne of his father David and he will bear an iron rod and he will smash his enemies. And he's talking about the enemies that serve Lucifer. They will be smashed and destroyed forever. And any who stand with him. An ancient North African Christian leader named St. Clement of Alexandria once said, For the sake of each of us, he laid down his life worth no less than the universe. He demands of us in return our lives for the sake of each other. And we're called to discipleship, brothers and sisters, to grow in Christ. But that's not all. We're also called to be disciple makers, to become servants. Hope found in Christ comes out in serving others and helping others grow in Christ. We're called to take that discipleship and go to the ends of the earth. Matthew 28, 19. Go and make disciples among all the ethne, the ethnic groups, the nations. It's pro been proclaimed in the cosmos through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. How, brother, how, sister, are you? being involved in these areas of serving the Lord and serving His gospel. The second thing we want to talk about this morning, verse 24, is you need to endure suffering for the sake of Christ. You need to endure suffering for Christ. When Paul was converted to Christ on the Damascus Road, Jesus told him two things. He said first that he was a chosen instrument of his to evangelize the Gentiles. And he said it would involve suffering. He says that in Acts 9.4. The word now refers either to his present imprisonment or to the present era of suffering. Probably, my, in my opinion, he is referring to his imprisonment. Remember, he's in prison in Rome under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard who's getting the gospel 24 hours a day, whether they like it or not. And, and he is receiving friends and he is sending letters all over the world while he is under house arrest waiting for his trial to come up. There are two words that are used here for suffering. The first word that he used for suffering means that it's something that you endure. It's something that you put up with. Paul was enduring his imprisonment. He's happy to do that for the sake of Christ and for his ser in service to the Colossians because he knows that his case will be, could, could be set a precedent in Caesar's court to help Christianity grow. 
he realizes that his being there at the highest court in the empire may help the cause of Christ. And in the process, he's bringing a high profile to the gospel and winning many of Caesar's own personal bodyguard to Christ. The most powerful government in the world, the most powerful people on the planet at the time. And the second word, though, he uses here for, for suffering is a word that means of distress that is brought on by outward circumstances. There are things that happen that bring distress and stress on us. They are, these are not afflictions that are related to the passion or the redemption of Jesus Christ. So when he says, I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, he's not saying that Christ didn't finish the job. And the job was finished on the basis of what he's writing. He knows that the, we know from context, he knows that, the, that it's finished. But this suffering just simply comes from being a servant of Christ. There are things in this life that you're going to suffer because you're pushing against the God of this age. You're pushing against the way things are set up in this world. So when you are, when you are standing on, in the intersection and the policeman said, you should give me cold water. Then that is a time where you stand your ground and say, no, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I don't do dirty things like that. And you say that you will do the right thing. You will choose to do what is right, even if it will make you suffer for a short time. And you will have to wait. You will do the right thing. He says, I rejoice in the midst of it. Notice Paul is happy to endure this suffering, this outward circumstance for Christ's sake. That's not a platitude for Paul. He writes about that in Acts 16. Uh, in the Philippian jail, what were they doing? Singing, right? In 2 Corinthians 11, he talks about his thorn in the flesh. And he says, you know, this is giving me great trouble. It's giving me great trouble. But I rejoice in my weakness. And, and this was the way he operated. Brothers and sisters, as long as we live in this unrenewed world, there will be suffering. Suffering is part of this world because sin is in this world. Sin is in the world because we sin. Suffering is not God's fault. Suffering is our fault. We brought sin into the world. And because we live in a fallen world, when we seek to serve Christ, we are serving a Lord who is an enemy of the world system. But Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. John 16, 33. Some of us suffer physically. Some of us suffer other ways. But Paul reminds us that our suffering is a witness for Christ and it should be, we should get to the place where we see it as a joy. Being part of the body of believers, the church has its challenges. But when we come together and we see it from God's perspective, maybe he's using that suffering to bring something in your life that wouldn't be able to come any other way. You look back over your life and the hard things you've been through and how God changed you during that time. And if you had not gone through that time, you would not be the person you are today. Man and I have sat on the front porch and we have 
remarked several number of times, I wouldn't wish what happened to us to, to anyone. We wouldn't wish it on anyone else. But we are thankful for what God did in our lives and how he didn't bring us around it. He didn't bring us over it or under it. He brought us through it. God brings you through it. And that's the only way He can display His grace in you and through your life. Thank you for listening to part two of this message from Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 29, where Paul speaks of not only embracing the gospel of Christ, but enduring suffering for Christ. This podcast can be heard on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, as well as other platforms. I appreciate you listening to this message this today. Thank you for listening to Voices Along the Way. I'm Gene Brooks.